0: Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly. I am Philippa B and we have a couple of men down at the moment. Uh, Rich is stuck in the office, Jeremy's in Geneva, Chris is on a train somewhere uh, between Bristol and Plymouth. Um, So I am joined tonight by uh, Connor Ketley. Hi Connor.
1: Hello, Phil. We're awfully lonely tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be one of our duet podcasts, so it might be quite a short one, but there's quite a lot to, to cover, so we're going to run through Ligue 1, Coupe de la Ligue, Europe, and many other things. So if we start with the Ligue 1 results from last weekend, we started on Friday night with first playing second, PSG uh, playing Lille, and that finished 2-1 to BSG uh, goals for Mbappe and Neymar, uh, each assisting the other's goal nicely uh, before Pepe got a injury time penalty for Leal. Now this we've, we've got a review up on the, on the site, which is um, uh, from Craig Carter, who's a new writer for the site. Um, and that's, Really, you know, PSG's domestic dominance continuing, but we'll come on to their European wobbles maybe a bit later on. Um, On Saturday, we saw uh, Lyon uh, drawing 1-1 with Bordeaux. Goals from uh, Hassan Ouah for OL in the first half and then Cornelius for Bordeaux in second. Uh, The multiplex saw Strasbourg uh, drawing 1-1 with to lose, uh, Caen losing 1 2 to Rennes with goals from Hunu and Saar for Rennes before a uh, consolation late goal from Crivelli. Uh, we got Rouse beating Monaco in a goal in a game that's wore two red cards and Monaco's kind of issues continuing, which again we will come on to later. Uh, Nice beat Amiens 1 uh, 0 own goal in the first half for them. And the game I was looking forward to, Dijon versus Nîmes, Dijon appears to have completely lost their mojo from last season because they were beaten 4-0 by Nîmes, who had a brace from Branga, Savanier and Briançon with the other goals. Nîmes, still a really, really fun watch. I don't know if you've caught many of the games this season, but uh, they are,
1: it's entertaining uh, what they're doing right now, Connor, wouldn't you say? Oh, well, I think that's the the most accurate word for them. Uh, everything is just entertainment with them. It's uh, There was one point, wasn't it, where they had um, um, more goals and uh, more goals scored. Uh, PSG's uh, rampant nature, but they're still definitely someone to watch.
0: Mm. I think it's, uh, so they're going to be, continuing to be fun for the rest of the season and um what we've got also on Sunday was an absolute goal fest so we've got five eight thirteen sixteen goals over three matches because Nantes beat Gangon who are bottom of the table and don't look to be moving anytime soon five nil with it says here Salah penalty sala Roger to re um so, are clearly on their uh, new manager bounce, and Gangon don't appear to be, you know, improving themselves anytime soon. Then we had a seven goal.
1: Uh, oh,
0: uh, we've got a slight wobble on the, uh, on the audio from Connor there. Maybe tweak headset or something um but then there was a seven goal thriller uh, saint etienne for angers three um which was utter chaos basically and a, a wonderful fight back from uh from uh, saint etienne um so they they're still up there uh, and still hanging on and then the last game the nine o'clock kickoff in France was Montpellier versus Marseille, which is about as close as you come to a local derby. So it's always a little bit feisty. And this was, I was there at Manson. I got new flags, which is great. Um, but Montpellier won 3-0 with a double from Gaetan Le and one from Paul Rennes. And it was a really fun second half, let's face it, the first half was a bit. Mm. Um but yeah in in the second half uh, Montpellier really kind of put the put the pedal to the metal as it were. And what was interesting I thought was um when there was the class go, uh kind of last weekend, OM were playing against a back three, and they really ruled the midfield because PSG play a 3 and the front three don't really help out going back etc and that was not the case here because Montpellier play more of a kind of three five two 5 2 situation um, and Marseille really couldn't get a foot in the game and were then just taken out by goals that all seem to go in roughly the same place. Uh, I don't know what you think about how the defence managed that game, Connor, but it does look a bit like Mandanda is, you know, losing the magic a little bit. What, what did you think of of how that panned out on Sunday night?
1: Yeah, well, it's, um, it's been kind of downhill for Mandanda over the last um, well, half a year, really, to, to be honest. It's obviously at the high of winning the World Cup and he did get his one game there, which was great. Um, but looking at the goals, um, I mean, first one, Ramy, I think, is uh, on side by about, he must be about two, three metres behind the next uh, Marseille defence, Ember, uh, giving uh, Laborde. And then I think it was the next one as well when Amar's He makes a double uh, mistake first, uh, loses, just uh, stops uh, a clearance and sets it up for uh, Laborde again. So really, uh, a lot of individual errors. Um, Like Kamara, who's uh, obviously a youngster, uh, shown that he can do quite well. But, um, you know, naturally, when you're at that age, you're going to lack a bit of consistency. So it's hard to say what the solution is. It's easy um but I, th- I think as a collect a lot of individual mistakes mm. um like I say, people not you know keeping a high line the goalkeeper not making a save he should have not clearing a ball he should have and you know whether that's down, I-, I can't really put my finger on what that's down to whether it's you know a, a manager's fault for not playing people, which is probably, you know, arguably so. I mean, what, what would you put it down to as well, Phil, on, on that side? I think one thing we
0: saw, um, I thought the substitutions were very interesting because um, the way they set up, they kind of had Morgan Sanson playing as the 10 because they had Pyatt on the on the left and Turvan on the right. Um, so they took Sanson off for Ocampus, which meant that Pyatt could at least come into the middle, which is more maybe, uh, not maybe his natural game, but a better fit for the team. But they did that, you know, just after uh, the first goal had gone in. So they also surrendered a bit of defensive solidity because we know that Sanson obviously is going to get back and knock people over as necessary. Then they took... uh, Valois-Germain, who had a bad match off for Clinton G. Now, that I thought was... it You know, people laugh, but Clinton G is very fast. And by putting him at centre-forward, you put him up against Vitorina Hilton, who is 41. So that <laughs> did strike you like, okay, you've got an idea here, but it, that still didn't work out. And then the final one was to take Strutman who seems to have a resting knackered face, a bit like um, uh, Tiago Motta? Looks tired from the very beginning of the game. Brought him off, brought on Caleta Gar, and um, moved Kamara to DM. That was just a reorganisation at the back. It wasn't anything attacking or, or shoring up the defence. It was very kind of strange. It looked like at that point, you know, Garcia had kind of thrown the game almost what I thought was interesting Mm. was I haven't seen a lot of XG on this but understat have it as 1.25 for Montpellier versus 1.32 for Marseille and Montpellier won Mm. 3-0 I mean that suggests that Marseille are just not doing their jobs Mm. and that's something where yes there's issues about selection and what the manager's doing but it just suggests that what they're doing on the pitch isn't working what the players are doing aren't working do you yeah. is that the feeling you get in in seeing watching them the past couple of matches
1: yeah well if, if you look at the Montpellier game obviously as you mentioned they uh, kind of let all the goals in the second half in a bit of a flurry really but uh first half Pyatt actually no so I think it was um second half actually Pyatt missed that chance uh, mm. that cross came over from the right hand side I think it was from Sanson as well you know that was but the one attacking. he pinged into the ground and over the that bar. Yeah, I think it yeah. was first half now um, because it was, yeah, attacking that way. So, uh, yeah, that one probably should have done better. And if it goes in, is it a different game? Um, and when Montpellier were three up, they Marseille had another pretty decent chance. The, the Tovan one off the knee, I think, which straight at Lecomte, you know, it's one of those ones that could really mm. deflect anywhere in the goal. And obviously, then it's too little or too late. But you say about, you know, individual players, if it, if it goes on way it, it looks so much the scoreline line looks so much better and if it doesn't um it doesn't yeah. really but you know you can't really make those excuses when it's happening week in week out
0: yeah and I think also this win put Montpellier second on goal yeah. difference over Lille so obviously keeping a clean sheet is important because they're both on 25 points so getting that little bit of a cushion was important. And I think Lecomte did uh, put in some good saves late on, kind of mm-hmm. the last 10 minutes, Marseille sort of pulled themselves together and just thought, fuck, we've got to do something. <laughs> and I think he made two or three good saves at that point. So um, I think it's very interesting um, just to watch the evolution, because we had a question from Birgitta Malmborg, who is at B Malmborg on Twitter. She's a Lyon fan from Sweden who writes a lot of um, match reports uh, on them. But she was saying, how come Montpellier is doing so well this season? What's changed? And the thing is, last season, Montpellier had the best defence after PSG, but weren't scoring any goals. Mm. This season, I mean, their conversion rate was bottom three. It was terrible. Um, This season, you've got... um, equal best defense seven goals conceded and their conversion rate is in the top five and Mm. that really is the difference it's the players that were brought in over the summer Delors Laborde um Mollet was brilliant Mm. I think at, at um at the weekend and then the players who've been there a while like Paul Land, for example, who got the third goal, are really getting the chance to express themselves a bit more in a team that can do both things. Mm. There's much more balance, I think, than um, than there was previously. Is th- is that the the feeling you get?
1: Yeah, I'd say I was actually quite surprised. As um, may- maybe you were too. Obviously, when uh, Mukiele and, and Roussillon both made ah. way, you know that there were always yeah. going to be concerns about can this defence, who was um, you know. So not reliant, but you know who was made up of and you're losing two of you're back four is there going to be a big defensive issue, and they 've managed to deal with it very well, which mm. obviously we knew they were bringing in good players especially i'd say i 'm a very big fan of um, Florent Mollet, I, I think he's absolutely phenomenal player um and obviously showing it now and, and Laborde with uh, you know probably as well probably as many goals as last season, probably more actually by this stage um. Uh, i can't even remember how many he got last year but he's doing very well so yeah i'm not sure what what do you make of the uh the the new signings as well that that have been brought in over the summer have they been you know particularly impactful
0: i i think so i think um there's there's something about um andy de which makes me think a bit of (laughs) um uh steve mounier um of kind of two seasons back. Now, he's not having the best time in, in uh, Huddersfield, obviously, but he was a very much a no-nonsense, you put it in, I'll put it in kind of kind of striker. And I thought what was very interesting was um, Molle took a couple of free kicks which went over, uh, which I think, oh, have you wasted that? But he was putting it close to Mandanda, and I think you saw, watching that, particularly in the second half, they were really pushing up. If Mandana had the ball, somebody would just run at him, hoping Mm. to kind of give him the jitters because you know there's a mistake in him. And that was something that it did seem to be that several of them were doing that. And it was really kind of, if we can make him make a mistake, we can get something. So I thought that was it was kind of a, the tactic is maybe not the most gentlemanly, shall we say, but <laughs> it, they were looking for the practical in. And I think that's um, a, a kind of a, a bit of a change that they've they've got coming up. So we've got Montpellier in second, Leland third, after, of course, PSG up top. And then we move to Europe, where PSG uh, yesterday, Tuesday, uh, drew 1-1 away at Napoli. They went ahead... Um, I think an injury time first half with a goal from uh, Burnout, which I wasn't expecting at all, um, with a and Mbappe assist. But then Napoli got the equaliser from an Insigne penalty. So PSG still in a slightly awkward uh, situation in Europe. But the early game... It's not just slightly yeah. awkward, that was horrendously <laughs> awkward. Monaco losing 4-0 at home to Brugger, Club Bruges. And the XG on that, which I've seen from between the posts, was it should have been 0.9 versus 1.8. And they lost 4-0. The uh, keep gave the entire backline an average score of 2.5 mm-hmm. out of 10. and I mean, it's awkward. We got one question, I think, before that game from Adam Jones on Twitter. Adam Jones, 827. Early days, but is only getting it right at Monaco. I think on the balance of everything we've seen so far, <laughs> good Lord, no. I mean, that was horrendous, uh, what happened yesterday. Um, what, were your, what was your view on, um, on the, the Brugger game and basically how things are going in general? Because they haven't won in... Is it five games with
1: him? I'm not sure. They, 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 they've got no win since the first game of the season. Mm. I've yeah, got I think now. It's f- 15 on the bounce as a, as a whole. Uh, and either four or five with um, with Henri. I think it might be five, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, w- with regards to the question, you know, uh, it's hard to say that he's doing... Obviously, the results have been bad, but it's hard to judge it so quickly with, with all the injuries... Um, that are plaguing you know they ended up playing their third and fourth choice goalkeepers didn't they the other week so uh, obviously Benalio was back uh, yesterday which gives no excuse for um, for the four goals conceded by uh, by Bruges as well so I mean with with regards to the game itself as well with with the early setback as well when your confidence is on such a downhill slope and that early goal goes in the heads are going to drop Mm -hmm. and things only get worse from there and you know, I, I could barely believe it. when I, Was it after half an hour they were 3-0 down? That there was no coming back. If they were a team in form that were 3-0 down, you could maybe look and say, you know, if once they get one goal, that's when the kind of siege begins and they uh, kind of carry on from there. But there, there was just no real hope at any point, was there? And there? You never really felt after one goal went in that Monaco were ever going to score. Uh, I mean, did, did, you, did you get the same feeling?
0: Yes, I mean I got in a bit late, uh, frankly, and it was—I think it was three nil when I got in because <laughs> so I got in about half time because I'd had a meeting at work and was like, "Oh God, this can't possibly get any worse." And then watch the second half and just nothing happened, and then there was the fourth goal, and it was—you know—when you look at who's back there: Sidibe, Glick, Jamerson. Mm. You know, Glick particularly has been awesome for Monaco in the past. This isn't just a case of, as we have talked about in the past, um, the turnover of staff causing problems, and that's why it became too difficult to deal with. Some of the players who were really good when they were really good are now really bad. I mean, somebody today, um, I saw, I think, a tweet from Matt Spiro talking about, you know, Monaco, I think their, their president has been arrested and everything else. And somebody was saying, you know, is this normal? I thought, like, well, you know, they won the title not long ago and they've come second or third in the other kind of four or five years to now. It seems like, a, and he described it as that's a hell of a whiplash. And it is. It's an amazing drop-off, really. When you look at, you know, they've got Telemans, they've got Ape they've got Chadley, they've got Yeah, They shouldn't be this bad. What's Mm. kind of what's happened? And that's a really difficult um, thing for us as viewers to work out, but also, obviously, Jerry Henry's got to try and work it out as well. It's going to be much tougher for him, uh, we'd imagine and oh yeah easy game at the weekend to get them back (laughs) into the rhythm they're playing psg um and that could be hideous
1: yeah i I mean mean, it's a write-off
0: really (laughs) i i think the four nil defeat at home was the worst kind of top flight defeat at home they've ever had i think that record might be broken you know before we get to the next podcast (laughs) because frankly if they can't pull themselves together and PSG keep kind of beetling along and Mbappe starts um, yeah, this could be the kind of scoreline that a couple of seasons ago Monaco were handing out to other people
1: Mm. does that seem fair? Uh, I can't argue with a single word Phil (laughs) (laughs) it it could be very ugly Um, I mean we hope um, well, I, I certainly hope it isn 't like that. I, I do hope that things turn around, but it's it's not really conceivable at the moment it 's just not there on the cards, Ooh. so i, I guess we 'll tune in on Sunday night and see you know whether it 's a cricket score or not really.
0: yeah, this could be one to you know get hot chocolate in and some biscuits because it might be a little bit awkward um, elsewhere in Europe, obviously uh Leon are playing Hoffenheim tonight. Uh, uh, so we will see if Leon can, kind of, they had a really good start and then yipped a bit. Uh, We've got one question, uh, one question from the OL fan, uh, Ozol 1950 can us Leon fans start getting mad yet? He says, I, I don't know, I think you know, they're fourth. They're doing okay, they're doing okay, it's just not quite clicking would that be would that be fair what do you think about ol's chances of you know
1: keeping going uh, up to christmas and beyond i'm i'm optimistic for their champions league chances i actually <laughs> um you know classic marseille fan i didn't think they'd get out of the group actually um it's that that big result away to city has really given them a platform yeah. that the other clubs shouldn't have in the group um i fancy them tonight against Hoffenheim obviously by the time everyone's listening the result will be out um but I, I think they might um just sneak it tonight I didn't actually think they'd beat Hoffenheim uh, sorry they I think they got a point sorry from Hoffenheim away um which I, I thought Hoffenheim might do the job but their away forms a bit a bit different so uh, Leon hoping they'll get the job done I think that the one thing that has been reassuring for Leon fans as well as that Moussa Dembele has proven that it's not just he can't you know, just performing the Scottish league. He has been getting goals early on in his Leon career and you'd think it would only improve in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just, just a few, you know, basic kind of defensive errors that could be cut out that the goal that they conceded on the weekend, uh, it's just the ball that was cleared up into the air and Marcelo just stands off uh, and lets Cornelius. You know, it was, it was great. It was a nice volley into the bottom corner, but he just stands off him and doesn't put any pressure. Um, mm. So yeah, a few little individual I think errors at the back, and they'll. Uh, I don't think they have anything to worry about. They should be qualifying for the Champions League next year, uh, and make, fingers crossed for them making it through to to the knockout stage. Is that is that how yeah. you see it as well? Or I, I I'd say so. I mean, they're in a good they're in a good position.
0: Um, it was a yeah, I mean three three to half time last time. So we'll we'll see what happens this time. But I think it's. Um, you know, that showed a degree of, of character to us. A, to a sense, I can't remember if they gave up the lead or I, cover I think the lead. The last minute Hoffenheim Yeah, so off the top of my head. Uh, so we'll 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 have to see. But also we've got the Europa League, which just looks currently horrendous for, yeah, for all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so. <laughs> Oh, Emma traveling to Lazio. I can't see that ending well. It, uh, if they Renner, lose,
1: they're out. <laughs> yeah, They're <laughs> so.
0: traveling to Dynamo Kiev. Brenner in a decent position, but Kiev do have kind of an interesting ambience at home. And Bordeaux are hosting Zenit, and Bordeaux are also bottom of the group with have no points. So I'm not mm. sure we can see anything massive happening there. So Thursday might be a to I don't know go to the cinema instead of watching the football. But we 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 keep some hope, uh, particularly for Ren, I think, who maybe have mm. the best chance of doing something in this. But yeah, Lazio OM might be
1: sparky. Uh, yeah, I mean that atmosphere is going to be <laughs> yeah, as you say, it was probably fiery. Um, but I think the the on field result is not going to be pretty either. Um just just the way that things are going I I really can't see anything other than a loss again. Uh mm. that would be what four on the bounce I think might even be it's it's not not good not yeah. good watching. And
0: the, the bottom of that group with um or
1: a joint with Limassol. Joint
0: joint bottom with Limassol. Mm. Uh, who they drew with um on one point. So yeah, the Europa League is again not looking massively promising for the French teams. However, another competition has hoved into view, which is the Coupe de la Ligue, um, where we had around kind of midweek last week. Um, and we've got a couple of league 2 teams still in it. We don't have the European teams joining yet. They will be joining in the next round, which is on the 18th or 19th of December. But Le Havre are through after, well, kind of, we were always going to get a league 2 team out of this because they were playing trois, but uh, they beat them 2-0. And then we had two other uh, league 2 teams beating Ligue 1 teams from an away position, which was Lorient, Chris's own Lorient, uh, winning away at Toulouse 1-0, and Orléans, uh, beating Rouse on uh, penalties after a 1-1 draw. A uh, little bit of a mass scramble on the Rouse equaliser. If anybody fancies seeking that, that was quite good fun. Um, but uh, Orléans um, winning on penalties with somebody doing a bit of a fucked up Panenka, which is always good fun. Uh, good to watch. Uh, there were at least two saves from Orléans' uh, goalkeeper, Renault, and also we had um, uh, Gangon uh, and uh, Angers. There were another couple of saves in the penalty shootout there. Kaya making three saves um, in in that uh, encounter. We also had one which was a, a reporte. Uh, for rain, which has been a theme down in the south recently, the Nîmes-Saint-Étienne match, which was going to be a replay of the league match the previous week. Uh, but that's been, um, uh, that's been postponed due to large quantities of water falling on uh, all kind of terrain in the south. So that's going to be uh, have to be sorted out at some point, Nîmes versus Saint-Étienne, which should be a good game. And uh, then to sort that out before we have the draw for the next round on the 18th and 19th when the six European teams join us. So, from there, uh, there's been a couple of other things kind of uh, poodled out this week, news wise. One of which is all about this FFP bribery. Yeah ua for whatever we've got one question here from brian who is roi brain on twitter do you think psg will suffer from the latest leaks the quick answer i think brian is no <laughs> no they won't of course they won't we all know they won't um some admin will happen and then nothing nothing practical will happen that's my kind of pessimistic view having read the ffp ffp rules back when they were first uh, put out i am a former tax consultant so i'm used to reading <laughs> reading really long-winded and shitty things about valuations and this looked like you could drive a coach and horses through it and clearly several clubs have being psg in man city um there has been a lot of talk about this, and what has happened recently is not that they broke the rules, but that they kind of got UEFA to say, okay, then it doesn't really matter, um, which is you know, an issue. But do we really see it actually impacting on them in any way? I, I know they they had a bit of a transfer. Oh, you can't buy many people recently, but mm. it didn't make that big a difference. Is mm. it going to have any material impact? Do you think the, the, these the, recent... the
1: skeptic in me ah. says no? It's uh, you mentioned obviously that you've read the um, obviously. I think you're probably more familiar than I am with the FFP ins Schedule and outs. But ten,
0: it... absolute bullshit.
1: <laughs> it's. I mean, it's mostly set up to obviously protect clubs from going into administration, isn't it? More so than uh, kind of punish larger clubs. So, I think maybe once it gets to such a flagrant, you know, misuse of the rules or uh, whatever you want to call it, that I, I think no one's really sure where to go from there. It's what? What do you? Do? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I mean, them getting relegated. Is, uh, or them and Man City both being put down <laughs> to a, a and the league and the Championship oh, perspective, that would of be... Of course they won't. Oh no, it's not going to happen. And even point deductions, and that's the only thing that really matters. You know, like like you say, who cares if it's, you know, a couple of hundred grand's fine. I mean, Mbappe could pay it off in a week if he wanted to. Yeah. So, Oh yeah, it, but, it,
0: but um, even just
1: c- kind of apart from the Euro stuff, we
0: saw last season, Lille were being threatened with Administrative regular uh, relegation and the French do do this but the thing was that they managed to stay up sportingly if they'd yeah. gone down I think they would have been fucked it would have been yeah you, your budget doesn't work you're down in national but mm. they stayed up and relegating a legal team for administrative reasons is a is actually a really big deal And they weren't going to do that. So by staying up, Lille really stayed up, if you see what I mean. If they'd gone down, they would have gone down further, which we saw with Bastia a couple of seasons ago. They went down and then they were wiped. So it's, I don't think UEFA have, you know, that kind of power in terms of domestic league to actually do anything about it. So it's a very, it's obviously an awkward situation, but I think it's more awkward for UEFA than the actual clubs. You know, Mans- uh, the PSG sent out their director general, their marketing guy at halftime during PSG Lille. And he was basically just, he just kept saying, they've known about this for seven years. This, mm-hmm. is, not, this is not something that's new. And he also kept banging on about cartels and protectionism and yeah. yada yada yada, which is the normal the normal thing. But it's not like this is new information that's reaching us. The new information is what UEFA did after after the
1: you know this came to their attention, and yes. it's not good. Uh, I mean, in that case, obviously, uh, I think as the continued answer is that nothing will happen to, to these clubs, but it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very big bit of news. The uh, ignorant, or oh, sorry, the ignoring or uh, kind of being aware of it by UEFA and you know whoever mm. it is. That's if the the actual regulating body is not doing anything about this. That is a serious, but one that doesn't reflect any worse on the clubs than it already has. Yeah. <laughs> You're already shit. Yeah, you I don't that. really <laughs> know where <laughs> to go. Yeah. yeah so,
0: yeah. I Very think it is because it does make you feel like, you know, I was at the, the game on, on Sunday and we we're all waving flags and there are kids and there's clowns and there's, you know, everybody's having a good time and then, mm-hmm. you know, there's this shit to deal with and it just feels like, you know, something dirty around the game. Yeah. But obviously, that's been there for a long time. So maybe we just have to have to get used to it and just, you know, keep buying the three kits and all of yeah. that cape. Anyway, so moving on to next weekend in Ligue 1, we start off with Lille versus Strasbourg on Friday night, and then we've got Gangon Lyon. We've got a multiplex of Angers, Montpellier, Saint-Etienne, Reims. Nîmes, Nice, which I think might be quite quite fun, mm. possibly involving a fight uh, to lose Amiens. And a Sunday, because of the uh, kind of the European games, we've got Bordeaux playing Con, Marseille playing Dijon, which will be a chance for them to bounce back, them meaning either team, frankly. Okay. Uh, Rennes, Nantes, and finishing with what we might think might be. An awkward watch, Monaco PSG. Um, which of those games, apart from obviously the Sunday night game with the hot chocolate and the biscuits, do you think would be a good one to to watch, a good one to pick out for people who are
1: looking for some legal action this weekend? Well, you, you actually did touch on it slightly. I think Neem Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine a year ago saying that Neem are actually the favourites going into this game? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not I, I had a feeling Last,
0: actually, scored a goal from one of their players.
1: I know, it's uh, they. They. I mean, they've not been doing terribly, but they're in terms of results. But they just always seem to be stumbling over the line. Yeah, um, and Neem obviously, as we know, are not afraid to just go at teams. So. I mean, I think they're favourites with reason. <laughs> I'm not sure if you agree, but obviously, Nice are above them in the table. But you could easily yeah, see Neem getting getting. Nice are there. ninth,
0: having scored nine and conceded fourteen. <laughs> Neem are thirteenth, having scored eighteen and conceded nineteen. I mean, they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've watched Master and Commander, the film where they're talking about Nelson. He's not a great sailor, but he just says, go straight at them. Uh, that does strike me as how Neymar are approaching Liga. Go straight at them and just see if they... And fit. we're not complaining. Yeah, <laughs> and it it is really fun to watch. So I think that one, um, obviously Lille-Strasbourg on Friday night is going to be interesting. Strasbourg are in seventh, and they've got a really good conversion rate. Um, they're unbeaten in five, and... They're scoring a decent amount of goals and you know they are uh they are again quite a kind of go get 'em team. So I think Lille, Strasbourg should be should be fun. Then you've got Neem Nice uh in the multiplex, but then yeah, we do I think have to say you've got to watch Monaco PSG just to see how bad it will get. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Sadly so. <laughs> when
0: that ends nil nil obviously we'll all look very silly next week but then chris will be presenting so it doesn't matter um so we will we will leave it there i think um and thank you for all your questions we'll try to get more of them next week and those we haven't got to this week as well um so if you have any questions do send them in on twitter or under the uh, article that we put up on the website if you want to you can read Craig Carter's review of um, PSG Lille as well and he'll be adding more reviews as the season goes on but otherwise enjoy as Lyon get ready to play Hoffenheim this evening and the Europa League happens on Thursday night and uh, thank you for listening and we'll speak to you again very soon